You're just going to be like switching off back and forth between your energy drink and some uh, hard seltzer. Yep. Why don't you just mix those together? Because that would be gross. Oh, but drinking a sip of one and then a sip of the other is... There's some time in between. Hmm, okay. Did you want to make yours more Irish? No, no, I, I don't, I'd fall asleep. I need some caffeine. Yeah, you've been, you've been late night, up all day? Yeah. Working in the mines? Just working hard. Yeah, cool. Okay. Wrote a whole 700 words today. Shit. Anyhow, you want to start the pod? Why don't we start the pod? Hello and welcome to Headcanon. I'm James. And I'm Marcus Sparks. Hi. Hello. Hi. We're back. It's uh, It's been a minute, as they say. Yes. I think we last did one of these, well, two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So we did Christmas at the start of November. Mm-hmm. We're well, doing... This is actually the 20th anniversary this week of Sleepy Hollow. So it's it, true. It's... It, came out, it came out in November. It's a fall movie. It's a Halloween movie. It's a... Uh... It's a, it's a, it's that this time of year. I, mean, I guess movie. you'd say it's Halloween because of the jack o' lantern and it's at this time of year, movie. you know. But yeah. yeah, I, I guess just because when it came out to begin with was after Halloween, I've also more associated just with like autumn in general. True, even though you were like, this should be our Halloween mm-hmm. offering. Oh, how fortuitous that we just couldn't get our shit together until now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll be doing Sleepy Hollow. The 1999 film. What a year for movies. 20 year anniversary. It came out, I think, on like the 19th, maybe back in the day. Was this the same weekend as World's Not Enough? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know some have argued this was the best year for movies. I mean, it's very much up there. There are a lot of classics that came out in 1999, which, I mean, I've told you my theory about that. I've probably mentioned on the podcast. What's your theory about that? My theory, my theory is that it was known for like at least three years beforehand that. Star Wars Episode One was coming out in 1999. Okay, and I feel like the entire movie industry is like, "Holy shit, we need to clear out for Star Wars." Like, we're gonna have to do something a little bit different because, like, we can't just do our normal shit because Star Wars is just gonna suck all the oxygen out of the room. Okay, and they did. That's fair. That's fair. They were like, "Let's get all of our Fight Clubs out there." I mean, you get Bean John Malkovich, our, our Magnolia, American Beauty, Magnolia. Election, I believe, is a 1999 movie. I was going to say, was there an Anderson? But no, that was 98. Was was Rushmore? I think Rushmore's 98. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, there's a book out there. Somebody wrote recently about like the right. incredible year that 1999 was for movies. Good times. It was a very good year for movies. Yeah. Is 2019 quite the same? I'm not sure. I mean, we we did just see a pretty excellent movie. It's true. Nice out. Yeah. Highly charged political thriller. I guess so. I don't know if I call it highly charged. It's just highly aware. <laughs> uh, I feel like in this day and age, it's it's almost like this was like, this was what passes for subversive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the uh, without giving any spoilers away, the crowd that we watched it with, I feel like was not getting some of the jokes. Yeah. So we were, we watched it and it felt like in a morgue. I mean, in the middle of the suburbs. And I, I don't, I don't, you know, was it because like, this is like a slightly red district that we're in that they weren't laughing as much or did they're just like, I don't know, a little too clever for them. I don't think a lot of it was gotten. No. Because the humor part of the movie moves. They, they, they cut through jokes. And it kind of relies on you to really be paying yeah. attention to get the jokes. Yeah. 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 I mean, 
go see it, everybody. That's that's my. It's really fun. I mean, I I don't if you are aware of us at all, and have uh, perhaps even thankfully gone and taken a look at our. Uh, You're not aware. Fictional, what, are you, what are you doing here? Our fictional offering. My name is Trouble. Um, Nice out. It it's like. It's like, oh yeah, these guys would definitely like Nice Out if they wrote My Name Is Trouble. Let's just put it that way. It's it's almost creepy how uh, I like, like how the parallels you inserted yourself into praise for Knives Out. I'm just saying, I, like, I, I, Ryan I, Johnson totally wrote it for you. It feels like he did. I'm not putting myself at his level. I'm just saying that like it's kind of weird that like there's so many similarities between it. Very different things ultimately. Very different stories, but like it's like pretty obvious that like we have like lots of the same like interests and tastes i guess you'd say you know really want harlan thromby's study oh yeah like where it's located and everything too oh that's so cool and there's even a gravity's rainbow joke it's fucking spooky (laughs) 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 that only you and i laughed at in the movie theater that was pretty sad (laughs) Uh, all right, so obviously we're going to do the rest of this podcast as a preamble using solely Daniel Craig's accent from the movie. I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. I've, I've not tried. I have to eliminated it. no suspects. Let me ask you, what are you watching? No, that's not right. Although, anyway. you know, as you know, my, my dream is to just adopt Christian Bale's affect from Ford v. Ferrari. <laughs> if this was a beauty contest. We just lost. Did you see that? No. Yeah, I didn't. Anyways, before we get to sleep, y'all, what are you watching besides Nice Out? Which uh, you go see? I'm still, fuck, I'm still in my phase of like, I need to catch up on shows. Like, there's the usual coterie of uh, Sunday night shows, others I need to catch up on. I did finally catch up on this past week's The Good Place this uh, afternoon before I went to a thing. And um, thing. I sat there in my living room and I, I might have gotten a, a tad emotional. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. When the very, the very end of that episode, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I haven't watched any of this season. I'm just waiting to just binge it all. Did where? What's the last thing you saw in The Good Place? I believe I've watched all the way through season three. What, what's I'm trying to get? What's the last? What, what's the status quo of that show? There, as far as I can recall, it was like they're going to be given a chance to uh, like do basically like one more round in the uh, like the fake heaven or whatever to try to like show that like people can better. So themselves. the reboot with new people. Yeah. Okay. At the end of season three. Yeah. Okay. It's like you're, you're questioning. I just wanted to make sure because you're calling me a fake fan or something. No, I'm just trying to remember if that is indeed where that, sh- that season ended. As far as I recall. Cool. Okay. Uh, what am I watching? Nothing that we haven't already discussed, I guess. I don't know. The Mandalorian, <laughs> um, which is fine. I don't know. I, I just don't really care about the, uh, the Mandalorian culture stuff at all. Their culture is fucking stupid it doesn't make any sense like i saw someone there put it put it simply they're never nudes with armor what the fuck like his breath is gonna be ghastly i just how does does the helmet grow like do you literally never take it off but i would stress in the text of the episode they only refer to the helmet yeah so presumably obviously our other armor comes off but i mean like when you're a baby your head's a lot smaller that's what i'm saying like what how do they reconcile that I wonder if it's like a Spartan thing where it's like you're already considered a warrior as a baby or it's like this, I'm assuming it's like a rite of adulthood. Now you get your dumbass helmet. No, because there were like little kids in the one episode with like with helmets? helmets on. Yeah, Ugh. they they have to be changing them out unless like 
like they're not growing. The helmet size isn't magically growing on its own. I'm just saying what's under that helmet should be gross. It probably is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Otherwise, I like I'm I'm so much more there for like the uh, I don't know, spoiler alert baby Yoda stuff than uh, like a bunch of like jetpacking Mandalorians out that that part of it. I was just like, eh. Like it's it's not as interesting to me when he has like a whole posse. Mm. Like it's better when he, it's like just him. And For Baby sure, Yoda. the episodes get better and better. Not necessarily because of writing, but because the the two directors they brought in for two and three mm-hmm. are better at creating atmosphere and like stringing story together. But if I read some of the stuff like the journey on like a your typical Star Wars hero's journey level, I'd be like, wow, this is a great show. And then I would watch the show, and there'd be such a disconnect of like how slow. And I think tonally it misses the mark and sometimes. Um, but yeah, I'm there for Baby Yoda. I'm there for Baby Werner Herzog. We just we don't get enough. It is of those. such a video game though, as yeah. a show. Like it it's like obscenely so. Like this should probably just be a video game. Anyway, uh do we want to talk about Charlie's Angels at all? Yeah. All right, go ahead. I loved it. I want to go see it again. Really? Um it's it's uh I thought it was one of the worst movies I'd ever seen, but for sure Casey but. was like she was just on one. She was like the part at the end where she goes start she's like has to type in a code somewhere and like she does this weird little robot thing where she goes beep boop beep boop and it's like jabbing her finger. It's so weird and out of nowhere. I think the way they how to put this how to put this about like putting my foot all the way down. I'll oh, put it all the way in there. There's nothing wrong with marketing films to women, but the way they market it was rather was, asinine. Was, was was garbage. This was so insulting the way they marketed it to women. Well, it also did you get the feeling that like um maybe a little too much quote unquote world building in the movie? Like eh, it, it was a lot of exposition about like how great Charlie the the angels are and how they're like international and there's like thousands of was them. The movie and, argues everything that's come before it has happened. Yeah, even the fucking Demi Moore stuff. It's all happened. I mean, we talked about the trailer has way too much Elizabeth Banks. That's so the, movie. the movie. Yeah. The movie. Which I like Elizabeth Banks. It's just like, it feels weird that she's there so much. You know? Oh, I, I feel like the failing that Hollywood has done to Elizabeth Banks is if your guys like, uh, who's that fucking guy that Rogan works with? If your guys like Judd Apatow were mm-hmm. such, such, such huge misogynists, like, if you gave one of their stories for a man, but like adapted to a woman and gave it to Elizabeth Banks, she could be so fun and absurd and hilarious because she clearly wants to do that. Like she wants to improv and be wild. I feel and like play with that. I feel like absurdist comedy, like watching this, which is like an action comedy, mm-hmm. but like it seems like absurdist comedy is so much more her lane that she should be in. Like that's when she's having the most fun in this movie is being extremely weird. And I don't know if she's done, but like the next time Tina Fey writes a script for Amy Poehler, who's fantastic, I'm saying. What if we gave it to Elizabeth Banks instead? Well, you know, to bring it back to uh, our former podcast, when it's Elizabeth Banks constantly hanging out with the angels, it had a little bit of like an alley and the perfectionist thing, like yeah. hanging out with her students. Yeah. It was like, well, this is a little weird. Like you're just, and you're not totally harshing the vibe, but you're kind of harshing the vibe. I was never bored watching this movie. It was fascinating to pick it apart as it's happening before my eyes. I felt like punch drunk watching the movie. Like the way it's shot and edited is so just incredibly incoherent and weird mm-hmm. um just because, it, wait, it's hard to describe you just have to like experience like I the, fucking saw the visual Gemini salt of man it. and i would 100 percent take like a charlie's angels over that yeah yeah any day of sure. the week. yeah but at the same time i was watching it and i was like you could totally do like a charlie's angels 
I don't want to say Netflix, but like streaming well, show. A, a TV show, perhaps, out of and Charlie's you, Angels? You, That's yeah. a radical idea. But I mean, like a modern one, you could do the whole mythos and world building. You could make it slightly mysterious. You could do an alias thing with you it. You could, I guess, but I feel like the whole movie was struggling against the idea that like Charlie's Angels was originally essentially just like kind of a, a cheesy, it's like a cheesecake show, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, we just want to see some hot babes doing action scenes. And Fair like, hair, it yeah. wasn't particularly feminist, yeah. but like they're like really trying to pull it into a more like feminist vibe in this movie. And I don't know if it ever totally works. I mean, I, I, I respect the hell out of people for claiming stuff out of the original mm-hmm. show and finding the stuff that they could turn. It just seems like the movie's working so hard to like make that transition that it, it like it, you see the seams, you know, it like you can see the sweat. I had to look it up. The term uh, is jiggle TV. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I feel like you could do something very interesting in, in the modern sense. I had to look up the actress's name again. Ella Belinska, I believe is her name. She's very tall. She's very tall. Ella Belinska is a star in the making. Um, I 100% want to see her in, in case do Obviously, I want to see Kesu go and do a million things. But I mean, I feel but like, I mean, like you've got Patrick Stewart, who's fascinating in this movie. <laughs> Patrick Stewart at one point, like he really just seems like he's Patrick Stewart and not a character. Yeah. You know, like it, like it needs like literally commenting on the movie itself at points. It reminded me of the parts that I hated from, um, Star Trek nemesis that were clearly mm. improv. Yeah, yeah. Like the no computer. Something Tango. Spicier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, like the, they, they do the thing with the, you know, like obviously this other person who I've seen before in a movie, they must be <laughs> important. Mm-hmm. They play with that a little bit. Uh, I look up all the actresses. I forgot the two weeks since we've seen this. Sam Claflin is a guy oh, yeah. who's like losing his hair now as he gets older. That dude should have been Superman back in the day. He's sure. got like if he had hair still, he's got a little bit of a Christopher Reeve look. I just whenever I see him, I always think about that. Anywho. Whatever. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I would go see this again in the theater. I don't give a shit. I don't know. No disrespect to the other actors, but it just seems like Casey was completely blowing everyone else off the screen. She's it so was, it was like she weird. was the only one allowed to be weird, really, yeah. in the movie, but everyone else had to play it somewhat straight. Like, yeah. I kind of, it's like, I just want to see more of this character specifically. Yeah. I watched a little bit of this interview where, where her and Shia LaBeouf Wolf interview each other, which was... Um, oh, that's your favorite guy. That's your boy. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. That's your big soft boy. Nope. <laughs> Not even a little bit. I don't understand the whole Shia LaBeouf thing. Like, what do you mean? Liking just, him or disliking him? Just like why he's still around. Like I thought we were done with him. You know what I was thinking? He was like a pretty like bland child actor. Unrelated. You know mm-hmm. what I was thinking during Knives Out last night and I almost leaned over to you mm-hmm. to interrupt the movie to tell you. Why do we need Joaquin Phoenix if we've already got Michael Shannon? Okay. Right? Like not that I like Michael Shannon because I don't but like we don't need Joaquin Phoenix. We've I, mean, I got think this there's creep. something a little more sneering about Joaquin Phoenix that you don't, don't get with it. Michael Shannon. I don't need it. Yeah. I don't need it. I don't. I think you it. know where I stand on Joaquin Phoenix. I would say this: though, Michael Shannon's just like I'm not dancing on any fucking steps. <laughs> anyway, that's what we're watching, um, yeah. and you know all the usual shows, but yeah, you know, know. Watchmen's really good. Go watch yeah, Watchmen's it. getting better and better <laughs> by the moment. Watch it like I don't know. Okay, I have to go out on like minor tangent, I guess. Um, I was going off on one to compare the adaptation choices of say his dark materials to the Watchmen. Obviously, very different things that they're doing, mm-hmm. but like one of them is like so much on a higher level than the other. 
And one is okay. The Watchmen. It's a sequel, so it's not exactly yeah. The same, so there's, but like, that's an important note to make. Yeah, but it like I don't know, just the confidence with which Watchmen is moving through its season versus his Dark Materials, which I found it. I don't think it's bad. It's just like very. It's just like you got a B minus the whole time. You know, it's it's like uh, you you kind of doing it, I guess. Uh, that first episode's not a B minus. That first episode I'm, I'm is, being is, kind. is a C minus. It that. is, it is, and you know, these dudes have plenty to answer for in the later seasons. But uh, when people just say, "Oh, the Game of Thrones guys, all they they they're only adapting Martin's work and they have no talent of their own," I would just like to point you to Jack Thorne doing his Dark Materials. Obviously, it takes some type of skill to adapt because uh, Jack Thorne is not getting it done at all. The first episode, they did this thing of Daphne and Keane, and I think it's interesting because it's clearly like she's certain scenes are obviously being filmed and she looks older than, mm-hmm. than younger. They're doing that thing where you usually see it when it's like a really bad child actor. And it's like, they're really just like minimizing her performance to like, this is the one line where it's good. And I wonder if that's more of an accent issue. Well, there's a also performance. a, apparently a lot of the reason they're like going so deep on fucking Lord Boreal is that like, they only have her for so many days or, you know, like they uh. have to, they can only shoot her so much. Right, right. Uh, which I I don't know. I kind of feel like that's a failure of the producing and directing to not know how to work around that better. Yeah. Because, like, there are ways you can cheat that. Like, you just shoot her, like, in, in, you know, single setups the whole time. And so she's not actually on set with other people. You know, you just get all your yeah. shots at once. But Well, um, and, and just, I was like, you're going hard in Lord Asriel in that first episode. You're barely giving any attention to Miss Coulter. Well, th- then they've just, like, just gone all in on Lord Boreal, which I find a, a bizarre choice. I like the actor. The character is not, I, I find him totally boring. Mm. You know, like I'm, I'm like, Oh, this actor could be Asriel. Like he has that intensity to him. Like Lord Boreal is such a minor character in the, his dark materials mm-hmm. story. I yeah. I, it's, it's fascinating. Cause you were talking about Snyder's Watchmen the other day. And I think like, again, the casting in that, um, whatever white's brother fucking did, uh, Golden Compass is so good. Yeah, it really is. I like Ruth Wilson, but it's hard not to remember how good uh, Nicole Kidman was. In fact, that movie, that movie fucking works up until the very end, I would argue. Somewhat. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, it's a hard thing to adapt. I definitely don't, uh, yeah. you know, envy anyone having to, to work with it because there's so much exposition. Mm-hmm. Like I, the, the thing I remember from the movie is that like characters were constantly saying other characters names. Like over and like every time like the Serafina Pacala showed up, it would be like Serafina Pacala, you know, like it was just like you constantly have to keep identifying, you know, York Bordison, Lee Scoresby every time anyone's Which, on screen. So you like you remember who they are. I don't seem to remember Game of Thrones giving a shit. It's like you'll you'll get it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that was always one of the things that it's interested like, me. Oh, uh, hey, it's Theon. He likes <laughs> sex workers. <laughs> I mean, that was one of the things that I found most interesting about Game of Thrones to begin with when I first started watching it was just how they adapted it. I thought was really like what they chose to change, what they kept. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the original idea of like the, oh, you got to make like a an HBO series out of this book type thing. You know, like once they kind of showed like, oh, yeah, you can go really deep on a, a book or a property rather than having to squeeze it all new movie. Cause that's what it was always was before. It's like, we're just going to squeeze, you know, all of the, the golden compass into a single movie. And we're going to have to cut so much stuff and it's going to be kind of unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. And now we're in the era where it's like, we get these long TV series out of everything. 
Oh, it's Tyrion, brother of the Kingslayer, called the mm-hmm. Imp. He also likes sex workers. <laughs> All right. Anyway, what are you listening to? Oh, man. I've been downloading songs here and there. I guess the last album I downloaded was the... I don't know if I'm really pronouncing this right. Mm. FKA Twigs album. But mm. other than that, I've downloaded... Rob Pat's Girl? X-Girl. X-Girl. Well, first of all, she has a thriving musical career all of her own. Okay. She's not... And she's not her. defined by the fact that she used to date the future Batman. Mm-hmm. Well, I did see an interview where Case Stu said she's looking forward to Robert Pattinson's Batman. That's nice. That's going to be smart. Yeah, that's probably the last album. I mean, there's been songs here and there, like Modest Mouse has a single out. Have they ever done a Batman, like, what if or whatever, where he's literally a vampire? Yes. Okay. I figured you'd know. Most people would know. Well, most not people. most people. People who mo- mo- yes, most people, people know who, that. who aren't going for a bit would know that. Yeah, I I challenge our listenership to let us know if they knew the Batman had had a run where he's actually a vampire. And there's I feel bit. like that's a deep cut for like comic readers. And there's your bit. Mm. You're welcome. That's my bit. I'm it's not doing bit. a bit. I'm it's just saying this is your this is your thing. You really think that like everyone just like man on the street? They're like, oh yes, this this is this is the mode right here. Okay, mm, okay. what are you listening to? Uh, the social network soundtrack. Interesting. As you discovered by creeping on my AirPod. All right. First of all, I wasn't creeping on your AirPod. Mm-hmm. You wanted me to blast something at your TV and it fucking told me on my own phone. Okay. If it's on my phone. I don't know if I'm creeping. Mm. Anyway. Okay. That's what I'm listening to. You're so strange. <laughs> what are you reading? <laughs> um, I really should finish The Secret Commonwealth. I have like two chapters left and right I just, on. I don't know, I've been reading other stuff. Um, like what? Well, I mostly read Resistance Reborn, which I think we said at one point on a Greedo podcast that we talk about. I don't know if we really need to. It's uh, it's not what I wanted it to be. Let's put it that way. Not the main characters? There's like, a like after a while, I just started skimming, I'm going to be honest, because it was like, mm. this is mostly like Snap Wexley and like a bunch of randos. It was like very much like... Which one is that? Is that Porkins Jr.? Yeah, it's okay. uh, Greenberg. Okay. It's like a bunch of like characters from the Aftermath series, you know, much older, obviously. And like you got the feeling that there are all these like tie-ins to like various like new EU stuff. But like there was it, like Poe probably had the most out of anyone in it, but it wasn't that interesting. Oh. Like Ray's really only in like a few chapters. So they were like, I, the writer of this book, I'm going to go ahead and tell you in my interview, my favorite Game of Thrones book is Feast of Crows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it it's the problem that I feel like most of the new Star Wars books have run into is that they're not really allowed mm. to mess what much with the main characters. Like it was neat to actually get something from like, it, actually I shouldn't say from Ray's perspective, but at least featuring Ray. Cause I don't think you ever get inside her head at all. Right. Um, but well, it was like, people think they know her. No one does. Oh. Yeah. But it, you never get that because they're not allowed to, cause they're like waiting for the movies, you know, before they can do anything. And so, all you like you got inside Poe's head basically and it's just like oh Ray seems interesting but distant you know I mean that's the downside of license yeah. material mm-hmm. um, because really it doesn't matter who the author is you're buying the thing on the cover mm-hmm. but also it's like they don't have the whatever to go there okay yeah so that's what I'm reading lately um, I feel like I hadn't read anything for a while I finished All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr a few weeks ago it was like the last book i read for some reason um which is an interesting book about world war ii and in code breaking and electronics and signals and mm. and 
the thing inside of every human being. Did you ever read more of uh, the fall or fall? No, you should. We talked about this the other day. Yeah. Um, and then what on a podcast though? So. Yesterday I started the Guinevere Deception by Kristen White. Mm, okay, which I've been enjoying the first three chapters. I have a bunch of books I need to read, and I should get on that because I'm sure I'll get more for Christmas. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what people always get me books. People get you books. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> what? Just... What? Okay. Books are great. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't read your book yet. <laughs> what book did I give you? One of them. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's again, that's part of your bit though. So I give you something, you're like, oh, I'm not going to read this until somebody else that's recommends not a it. Bit? What? Is, it's not. Uh, did you give me Night Film by a chance? I think I might read that next. No, that's an insult to the person who got you Night Film. Okay. I'd get Night Film for me. I wouldn't get it for you. Mm. Not sure who got me Night Film, to be honest. Ooh, I bet they're listening. I don't think so. I bet they're listening. I don't think they listen. Because you asked for it. Huh. I don't know what you're talking about. You're whispering the mic's not picking you up. Oh, this is not an ASMR podcast. No. The mics aren't set up for that. Oh, darn. All right. Do we want to talk about Sleepy Hollow? Isn't that why we're here? <laughs> the TV show? Let's go. <laughs> also the movie. So we binged the first season of Sleepy Hollow, the TV show. Wasn't it actually The Legend of Sleepy Hollow? I can't remember. I think the title might have been different. Couldn't, couldn't tell you. I think I watched all of the first season of that. But it fits because Tom Meissen is now on Watchmen. Yeah, he is indeed. Uh, pretty much unrecognizable, would you say? Different look, for sure. I guess it was just Sleepy Hollow, the TV show, too. Mm. Uh, somehow that went like four seasons or something, man. I think they lost like Nicole Bahari. Yeah, she through. pieced out. Which can you blame her? No, I can't. I don't. Where is she? She like she should be bigger. She should be huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah she should be fucking huge. Well, they brought in the wife and it, like the Katrina. Oh, did they bring in the wife? That's right. Yeah. 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 It just wasn't good. That show was the, the fascinating thing about that show was that you'd get the credits, like the teaser would end like 20 minutes into the hour. Yeah. That always fascinated me. All right. Anyway, the real Sleepy Hollow. Would you like to go first with uh, an opening statement? Yeah, I'll go first because I'll ramble and I'll, I'll set the stage a little bit. Again, mm-hmm. I saw this opening weekend, which means I saw this and the world's not enough. The same weekend which is weird this movie's a gothic had, slasher horn fest had you seen it since then no really okay. i've not watched it since then so that's why it, part of me was like oh yeah that'd be fun to watch again and then i was like oh shit johnny depp that canceled motherfucker and jeffrey jones that other canceled motherfucker um mega canceled mega canceled super like legally, legally canceled, canceled. um <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of things work in this i mean when i was re-watching this like the first hour i was kind of bored even though certain things were working for me, like the deconstruction of the detective. Um, Depp is always channeling something in his performance. He's always doing like uh, an impression. And apparently here it's Angela Lansbury and Death on the Nile, which once I read that, I was like, oh, I guess I get this more. Um, this movie came out the same year as Phantom Menace. It's like the fallout of Burton's like Superman movie. I'm rewatching it. Sleepy Hollow has got this great mood, this great atmosphere. It's a fucking Halloween town. Again, Depp is 35. Christina Ricci is 19, and she looks like she's 13. Thought this movie, so it's weird. It's heavily desaturated, like, chemically, I think, because this is before Oh Brother. Um, 
but it's like they're trying to get as close to like a black and white hammer horror movie Are as they can get that, it. Oh, Brother, Art Thou is the first movie to be digitally color graded. Isn't it? I don't think so, no. Isn't that like part of its like selling point? I mean, I'm sure it, it, it is digitally color graded, but I don't believe it's the first one. Okay, I believe that's part of the selling point was that this was like the the first one to be digitally colored. Mm, okay. No. Well, audience, write in <laughs> if you know that common knowledge bit continued. Um, but yeah, anyway, whatever. You got a you got a gothic supernatural thriller here with like one four for the Harry Potter film troupe. Um, and I love this idea of like, what if we also had like some of the sexiest working British character actors who are also over the age of 70 for a real hammer horror fuck vibe? I mean, it's a witch's brew of a film. It's all over the place, but. Like I said, the first hour I was really bored, and then somewhere in the second hour or second forty-five minutes, I was like, you know what? I'm enjoying this again. So, hmm. okay, that's my rambling thoughts. Yeah, I'm trying to think of when the last time I watched this movie was. I mean, I definitely I'd seen it on like DVD or something, although I don't own it on DVD. So I, I know I'd seen it after the theater, but it's been a long, long time since I'd seen it. Uh, at least fifteen years. Anyway, uh, when I first started watching this movie again, I was just like, God damn this is great. Like, this looks amazing. Like, why don't I watch this more? And then like, we got into the story and Ichabod's character. And I was like, Oh, that's why mm-hmm. um, yeah. I think the cast is almost perfect. The art direction, sublime cinematography is brilliant. Uh, if only the scripts were a little bit better. I think that Oscar winning art direction, Oscar winning art direction. Yeah. Um, also cinematography by uh, uh, Lubisky and a little bit of Conrad Hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some heavy hitters. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's some good pieces here and you can, you can feel like the Tom Stoppard polish here and there in the script, but like, I think you really need a pat another pass on the central plot. Um, the mystery never really feels quite central and the whole witchcraft subplot and flashbacks. They just feel like, like it's almost like padding the runtime. It's like, we needed to make the movie longer. So we're putting this in there or make it more Tim Burton. Yeah. Get his girlfriend in there. Uh, <laughs> The mood is just like so on point, which like I think it makes the plotting and, and especially like the, the terrible romance just like frustrating because you're like you you're so close to this being a classic. You know, it looks so good. Um, yeah, Christina Ricci, I think she's totally miscast for the character. And it's like the movie can never decide whether or not to make Ichabod like cool or wimp. You know, like it it, it, it doesn't come down hard one way or the other. Um, but I think it's still kind of a delight to rewatch. If only just like for the look and the vibe, the whole thing. Um, I kind of wish they made more movies like this. I want to say when she was cast, Johnny Depp said, oh, that's weird because I've known her since she was nine. Yeah. <laughs> Did you read about the origins of this movie? I mean, I read the IMDb trivia. With the um, I know the Kevin Yeager. Kevin Yeager. Is he the Nightmare Before Christmas guy? Uh, not that I know of. He's the Crypt Keeper and Freddy Krueger designer. Huh, okay. Yeah. So basically, this effects guy. This he was supposed to direct the movie, and then with Burton the came Andrew out. Kevin Walker. Yeah, it was like a, a schlocky horror movie, and then they optioned it, and they stole it from him, and they demoted him to effects. He has a producer credit. I know. Good. Yeah. And uh, story by credit. Oh, good, good, good. All right. Well, uh, I think top moments are gonna be fascinating. How many? How many do you have? I did seven. You know, four honorable mentions. I am shocked because I have eight. Okay. And I. I, I wrote things down and I'm like, I don't even like this movie that much. Why am I writing so much down? So my number eight is the last flashback dream of Lisa Marie, which starts off as like this, like stark Ken Russell visual weirdness with the 
all white sterile room in that red door. And then it turns in this Bible black nightmare. She's like staring at him through the, the iron maiden and it opens and it's just like this river of blood. Yeah. Good times. That's stuck. With what me. do you think messed up Ichabod more? Uh, finding his mother like tortured to death in an iron maiden. You're going to say something about boobs, aren't you? Or the fact that there's just cleavage everywhere from your mother constantly. Just, I, just, just right out in your face. Lisa Marie. Like, mm. uh, I remembered this sequence. I remember there was flashbacks and I remembered this sequence. So rewatching this, as they're doing all this shit where she's like dancing in the forest like a spaz, I'm like, how did we get there again? <laughs> this is back when uh, they let the directors follow their muse a little more, you know? Literally, a little yeah. less test marketing for Quadrant. She, she seems like she's just on lewds, what they call her, like a child of nature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and her puritanical husband's like, we'll fix that. <laughs> the husband, they really like. The way like they capture his face, like lighting wise, like the makeup, it's just like this ugly, craggy, like white mess of yeah. face and hair. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like just grimace. Yeah, thing. Yeah. All right, all right. Seven. My number seven. Uh, the scene at the beginning with Christopher Lee, Christopher Lee's only scene, uh, where Ichabod is ordered to Sleepy Hollow. It's just such a a quick and pat kind of uh, you know. What do they call that? The uh, I can't think of the, the the term for it right now in screenwriting, but like the the initial conflict is introduced. You know, it's mm. like there is you know you're an asshole. We don't want you around. There's a town with a murder problem. Why don't you go solve it? You know, and get out of our hair. Win, win, win. Yeah. yeah. Well, fascinating because it's got like a horror movie structure, and for your cold open not to end with Martin Landau's death. Martin Landau, like the new Drew Barrymore, like. Like, what if we don't get a sexy babe and kill her in the first? What if we kill Martin Landau? And you think, like, you think, like, shink, 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 you'll get, like, the credit of the title there. But no, they wait, like, another five minutes. And we get Christopher Lee's, like. Oh, they wait for us to get to Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, bitch, you're going to Sleepy Hollow. Shink, shink, shink. Yeah. Uh, my number seven. This is pure cheese. It's pure mm. fucking cheese. I don't know if I like it or I hate it. I just, I, it's, it's a memorable moment. Um, again, like you said, it's a terrible romance. But uh, do you think me wicked? No, but perhaps there's a bit of the witch in you, Katrina. Well, why do you say that? Because you have bewitched me. <laughs> Which is also Oof. great because she's just lost her like shitty boyfriend who died a violent death like 10 minutes earlier. I don't know if that guy was her boyfriend. I think he thought he was her boyfriend. That's a good question. Even though He's, she shed her tears for, for Brock. I like, got a real like Gaston vibe from that guy, you know, where it's oh, like he definitely he thought should've. that like he like she was like his by right as like the the main dude in town but like she Gaston was not committed made at all great gaston would he yes okay which is a, it's a shame because i think like he thought oh i'm gonna be the hunk in this movie and unfortunately you've got like ian mcdermott who's pure beefcake you've got Richard Griffiths. keep going keep going pure, pure jeffrey <laughs> jones <laughs> you got a lot of pure sex on legs mm-hmm. and then you also have jeffrey jones yeah i forgot to list uh, alfred as uh in that that uh, tweet i sent out as like the people who are in this movie oh yeah if his like 1090 mullet yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> anyways right. it's a memorable exchange even though i think it's stupid i think the romance is just so fucking insipid in this movie it's i don't know we'll we'll circle around that um yeah. my number three honorable mention just this should maybe be higher but the uh, the flashbacks to the Hessian. Mm. Ah! A lot of great Walken. dialogue by Christopher Walken. <laughs> so like, 
hissing and grunting. <laughs> the most human sound he makes is a shh. <laughs> the He's filed a, down teeth. Filed down teeth. <laughs> they actually call out in dialogue that he filed down his teeth. <laughs> He's got I also remember it's one of my favorite lines of a Roger Ebert review. He says, I think you'll agree that when you see who plays the headless horseman when he has a head, you'll you know that there's no other person that could play the role or something to that effect, you know. He couldn't have done it. Yeah. Like the following years, I don't think. Um because once he started doing like Fat Boy Slim Spike Jones music videos, that, that's over. Uh number six, it's a small moment. When Johnny Depp is like chopping at the tree of the dead. It's almost exclusively squirting blood in his face, which I found hilarious. Yeah. That's uh, actually kind of related to my honorable mention number two, which is the autopsy of the widow windship. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's more just blood spraying around everywhere. Like it's just for pure, like, I don't know, macabre comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Number five is. I kind of squeeze this in because I feel like it should be there. It's when the one family gets butchered and the little boy's hiding under the floorboards. <laughs> and then like when the mother's head is severed and rolls to it's like perfectly looking at him through the headboards. I guess big resonance to dead eyes of mother figures with with Johnny Depp, even though it's not like Johnny Depp ever is aware of this. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My number one honorable mention is going to be the attack on the church. Mm. Um, I don't know. I like the idea that it's like, oh, he can't come in on the church just for reasons, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. Um, the way he has to like throw the uh, the fence post through to grab the guy <laughs> while the crazy shit's going on inside. <laughs> it was just cool. Although there there is a lot of like them all breaking windows to like put their muskets out and like shoot at the horsemen. It's like, guys, it's not working. You're it's just, not having any effect at all. You're just stepping on my number four moment, which is the church. Uh-huh. When you have essentially like a headless Terminator scene and everyone's freaking the fuck out. And those guys are just constantly breaking windows to shoot at him. And it's just like, I'm sorry, this is a single window you haven't broken. <laughs> and then he throws the post into the other hunk in this movie, Michael Gambon. Mm-hmm. And there's so much like fake looking blood on that thing protruding. I mean, this movie is like shockingly sexual. Anyway. Yeah. We'll circle back to that later as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, my number three, you mentioned this earlier, the attack on the midwife and family there. They kill the kid. I mean, like, they don't show it, but they're still like, oh, what's going to happen to the kid? He just got picked up by the horseman and then, like, cut to the horseman walking out the door, like, shoving something into his bag. Yeah. 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 It's like, wow, they went there. You got to appreciate this movie. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but, mm-hmm. like, ahead of ourselves. For a 19 numbered body count, 18 or beheadings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Only Brock gets like cut in half. Um, my number three is the flashback exposition about the Hessian. Ah. But like, I, lo- I just love this bit where he's like going to the snow. These soldiers are hunting him during the Revolutionary War. And he comes across these two blonde shining girls. And he's like, shh. And the one bitch is like, <laughs> she snaps that twig. <laughs> and he's like, fuck. But I wouldn't say that. Ah. <laughs> uh. My number two moment, uh, just arriving in Sleepy Hollow. It's just pure mood. I love the way it looks like it immediately seems like this weird haunted town where it's like there's no one around and it's like constantly dusk and mm-hmm. cloudy and misty. And then he like goes up to this big weird house 
and he opens the door and there's like a whole party happening inside, you know, like it's just, I, I think I you're skipping over a crucial portion there. Which is that? There's people straight on making out three feet from that door. Okay, sure. Yeah. It's the most. That will be important later. <laughs> it's like a wicker man fuck town. Yeah. Um, and also. Yeah, that's, that's a Emperor Palpatine making out three feet away. And the nice thing about Rise of Skywalker coming out is we know that Palpatine has not lost one iota of his raw sexual magnetism. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the, the, cause mostly because it's matte paintings, like none of those clouds are moving, which makes it even creepier in Sleepy Hollow. Uh, my number two is, and I'm kind of shocked that you haven't mentioned that this hasn't shown up before in my top moments, is when Johnny Depp happens upon Miranda Richardson getting her forced fuck on Oh yeah, and he just makes this like hilarious, like scandalized expression on his face as he keeps watching for a moment. And she's like into knife play, and apparently Jeffrey Jones is into like licking open wounds, as you do. This got louder, I'm, right? It got a little louder. Yeah, yeah. You can, um, that's fine. I was gonna make a bad joke in a, about Jeffrey Jones and licking, but I'm just gonna steer clear of that one. You should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. My number one. Curious what your number one is. Um. The horseman's first like real full appearance where you actually see uh, the head or the lack of the head uh, when he kills the magistrate. Like before then, we've only seen flashes and like, you know, shots below the neck and whatnot or mm-hmm. shots from behind. But like when he finally shows up in full and you see him all the way and it's like, yes, this is indeed a headless horseman. You know, um, the raw violence of it, like he he moves so quickly, like it happens so fast. He just like bursts out on his horse rides this dude down and cuts off his head it's like it's so quick um it's it's pretty terrifying yeah and there's a moment i would have i would have changed something there because of something else you see it you just reminded me i hope i won't forget it when we get to that part Mm -hmm. what do you think my number one is going to be i do not know maybe something with christopher walken and and uh randa richardson diving back into the vagina well done. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's the reverse of the makeout that he has in Batman Returns mm-hmm. when he goes in for the bloody smooch with Miranda Richardson. And you just see like blood coming out of the corners of their mouths. And then, yeah, he rides her back into Cthulhu's vagina of that tree. Good times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just like explodes in blood and there's like a one arm sticking out. In the <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, those were our moments. Uh, I think we'd move complaints at the end right so we can just get into yeah, yeah general yeah. discussion yeah um i mean just to start the art direction cinematography it's so good it's like incredible really like rewatching it now i was just like this you know it's the cliche every frame of painting you know like it just looks fantastic i love the way everything is so desaturated mm-hmm. uh except for the blood the blood is always bright red that said when you look at the trailer which is before they started doing the color correction. It's very rich and vibrant and not too bright. Mm-hmm. And I really, I wouldn't have minded that. I don't know. I, I love the way this looks. Um, so for our sequence of like the, the shots of the will at the beginning, I love that this gothic horror thriller starts off saying like, I hope you like Dutch names, motherfucker. Cause you're going to get a ton of them. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the red of the wax. Yeah. On the yeah. will. Also, when, when he's getting his assignment from Christopher Lee, you have to love the guy in the like open Iron Maiden who's presumably like the charged 
And he's just like, can we get on with it? Oh, he's like in the weird, like, uh, what do they call those things? Like those cages. That it's like, it's like an open in. Iron Maiden. It's not though. an Iron Maiden. No, an Iron Maiden's different. That's like, um, that's what, uh, what's the name of No, I, yeah, I know what an Iron Maiden yeah. is. That's not an Iron Maiden. That's something else. Tell um, me more about your, uh, knowledge of medieval torture sex devices. It's whatever Robin Hood's dad is left hanging in, in, uh, uh Prince of Thieves. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the, the tactileness of the, the wax and like the cool, like leather satchel mm-hmm. and everything at the beginning, the paper, the will. Yeah. And then, yeah, Martin Landau here just getting lopped off. I guess that's his son driving the carriage, right? I, whatever the story. If you're coming to this movie, like really wanting to track the story, I, uh, I, I maybe wouldn't take that tact. You know, one thing I really love about this movie that I, I realize how much I missed it is that like whenever there's a lightning flash, it's like clearly there's like a big ass strobe light on set. Mm. I love the way that looks. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like real lightning flashes and not like done in post, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's very little. I mean, I feel like a lot of the CGI is removing Ray Park's head. That and um, that shot where the uh, the mist comes out like little hands to extinguish yeah. the torches. Yeah. 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 But it's almost no cgi it's mostly just you know it's shocking practical effects yeah i'm mean, even almost like the the roger corman-esque stop motion when it's like his head regrows or skin regrows on it mm-hmm. um yeah fascinating that christian retreats like second build in this movie name above the title i feel like still like sparingly used barely in it yeah um she looks like if you haven't seen this in a while she looks like a cross between like john benet ramsey and like kirsten dunn's interview of a vampire I kind of see that, yeah. I like Christina Ricci. I think this is the casting is all wrong, and I don't know, like the, the way they draw her character, like it doesn't match what you want from Christina Ricci. No, it's yeah. a kind of the opposite because she she has too much like spark behind her eyes for playing a character who seemingly is essentially just like the damsel. You mm-hmm. know, like there's not a whole lot there. She's seemingly playing a very innocent like unaware character yeah but like she seems too intelligent well, for it not really because she's she's kind of i mean she does really her spells or whatever got but a like finger somewhere on the pulse yeah i don't know it just it didn't feel like the right match of like the material to the actor at all i'm sure he would have loved if cast lisa marie in this role when they were like nah but no it's, but her character seems drawn like too naive like i don't know like you either like she's you want her to vamp it up because she's Christina Ricci, but she's mm. not doing that at all. She's like just playing it completely straight. She's had a very weird career and that I don't think a lot of people can like name the last thing that Christina Ricci's done. I mean, you remember she did like that Wes Craven werewolf movie, uh, cursed. Yeah. They're like, well, yeah, like I mean, seven different rewrites. A Cousin Williamson movie. Yeah. Right? That was their big team up. Their big reteam. Yeah. Yeah. It's a terrible movie. Um, Johnny Depp almost has Force Awakens Kylo Ren hair. Almost. I mean, were you at a certain point while watching this, did you think to yourself, you know, they could remake this? That with Adam Driver as Ichabod Crane? Because I know like like Johnny Depp, according to IMDb, like he wanted to do like fucking weird prosthetics and stuff. Like he wanted to make himself as ugly as possible. And the studio was like, I don't know if you get what we're doing here. 
But Adam Driver would definitely like pull off more of a naturalistic Ichabod Crane. Well, I feel like if look. you're if you're making this movie, there's one question you need to answer, and that will determine how you you cast it. How sexy is it? No, it's does Ichabod fuck? Because if Ichabod fucks, you cast Adam Driver. If he doesn't fuck, you cast like Paul Dano. You know, you could still cast Adam Driver. Yeah, I don't know. I you feel don't have like, to cast Paul Dano in anything. I feel like you'd just be getting a more more heat you know like i like it would be weird if it, if it was adam driver playing the whole time like the ichabod from the cartoon i guess you know i think adam driver can play something without charisma that could be a choice that he makes mm, okay i mean we're saying this as he's staring at me right now on your shelf here mm-hmm. shirtless <laughs> like we look at him he's just fucking asking for it in that shelf um but yeah so they're checking this in there's a couple making out three feet away and it's like gee i hope that doesn't become important to the plot later <laughs> <laughs> and I like it. You're supposed to think it's Michael Gambon, like he's just a horny old man and making out of his wife. Nope, because these 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 old guys are all swingers too. Yeah, that's the beauty of Sleepy Hollow, I guess. Well, I feel like this. I was talking about earlier the casting in this movie is almost perfect. Everyone is cast perfectly except the two lead roles. I feel like like Johnny Depp. I don't think he he nails Ichabod. Like he's because he's at times he's being too Johnny Depp, he's too yeah. cool. Yeah, and and then like he'll do like the I'm like fainting, but it's like this isn't meshing together. It just seems like you're like you're not making a choice one way or the other. You're trying to have it both ways, you know. Like modern day casting, if not M. Driver, it would be to me. It'd be like Tom Hardy. Well, because they have him dressed like like a Byronic hero. Like it's the whole like Mister Darcy, you know, look there. Well, it's the look of the day. Yeah, but I mean, it's like it's you could have dressed him like the character from the cartoon, but they didn't like, they wanted him to look hot, you know? I mean, I think there's, there's a certain thing where studios like, we're not going to, we're not going to put a fugly lead into our, our movie. Well then I, I'm just saying you got to go with it then. Like, but the other casting options make even less sense. What are the other casting options? Liam Neeson. No, too old. Daniel Day Lewis. Way which, too old. Good fucking luck. Yeah. Good fuck. I mean, first of all, he'd be like, I've got to live. In Sleepy, in Sleepy Hollow. Hollow. I've got to fight like 1799 crime for six years before I do this movie. And then Brad Pitt. No, those are all terrible. Choices. Yeah, it's, it's but I remember like it was like apparently still like a considered a fight to get Johnny Depp in this because he wasn't like a big movie leading man yet. I guess. I mean, he'd done like Nick of Time. But I mean, it, before this movie came out, if he thought, oh, it's the legend of Sleepy Hollow, who's going to be Ichabod Crane? I would not be thinking like the hot male stars of the day. I guess. But I mean, Johnny Depp always does this thing where he's like, I've got to put on some kind of artifice. And I think for some well, actors, that works it better. was uh, just like completely over the top and like uninteresting. Like this, I feel like this was back when Johnny Depp was still kind of an interesting actor at times. Yeah. People were still rooting for him. Yeah. He yeah. hadn't become Jack Sparrow yet. Yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, some, someone like modern day, someone like, like, like Tom Hardy or Adam driver makes a lot more sense. I think they could mesh those Tom two. Tom Hardy worlds. seems like a very brutish Ichabod Crane. I, I think Tom Hardy can do a lot of weird things. He He's can. another guy who's, He's again, dude. big on putting on the mask. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got Casper Van Dien, meanwhile, who's like in full on Bradley Cooper and Wedding Crashers mode in this movie. Just reading the like INDV trivia where it's like he like he injured himself. I think he broke a finger or something like during like the sword fighting, but he like didn't tell anyone because he didn't want his role reduced. Nice. Like it kind of made me feel bad for him because like, I guess like he's a, a very accomplished horse rider as well. Like yeah. you can, you can imagine him like wanting to be 
like the Tom Cruise of his era. Like I'm going to do all my own stunts. I'm going to be like so good, like physically at the role, mm-hmm. but like nobody really wants to cast him or anything. Cause he's cast for Van Diem. He's not a very good actor. No, no. Went on to marry a princess. Yeah. I didn't think they got divorced now. Hmm. It's weird to think of him as 50. He's, he was the Patrick Bateman that no one ever saw. Oh, really? And okay. rules of attraction. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which he would have probably been perfect as that. Cause it would have been I so guess. cheesy. I mean, I almost feel like Star Trek Starship Troopers did him a disservice by kind of parodying his like assets as an actor, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and just like making fun of like his whole vibe, basically. But it was that was a what was brilliant about that was that Verhaven's like, let me cast bad actors mm-hmm. and like make it seem like they're playing bad actors. Yeah. <laughs> um, you want to talk about like the over the top gore in this movie, which so, to me so is, is like still the, kind of shocking. Is that the R? It's gotta be. There's I mean, so many fucking beheadings and like not like you blood. see nipples or full on dicks or anything. You can't cut off that many heads on screen. Like I, I feel like I've never. But when I watch this movie, I'd never seen decapitations on screen like this happen before. Well, when they, what they do is, or what they don't do, like other movies, is they don't cut like five frames before the the yeah. blade connects. Like they show blade go through. You get a little bit of like actor expression. And that thing just separates from body rolling heads and then like the terrified expression yeah. on their faces. That, yeah. You know. Well, and then, then the one bit where he, where it, it, the head comes off and like somebody's lap and then he comes back and he like Sticks stabs it. the head of the, the sword to pick it up. And he kills the magistrate. Yeah. Well, and just that and the fact that like everything is so desaturated except the bright red blood. Yeah. Um, it's really quite shocking still to see like how gory it is wasn't that a thing where like in kill bill was like he had to turn the blood a different color in one scene maybe in the black and white scene or something because the mpa was just like okay now you got too much blood yeah but yeah the the over the top gore it's i mean i know they're their aesthetic they're reaching for is like the old like hammer horror movies oh for sure they uh i would love to see another movie in this style well because hammer horror the color palette was always brown and gray except for when red mm-hmm. and that was like so vibrant um even prior to that though when he shows up and he's in the like study with these like old, I, I love that shot of everyone like turning to him as the, he walks like, in yeah, yeah. oh but like these old well no even after that the like you got these old hunky men and like he's walking around them, like recounting the facts as he knows it, and they're all getting their like shifty eyes moment, mm-hmm. as if their shifty guilty stares can like eat the scenery. That's what I mean about the casting. Like the main, the leads are just kind of like, eh. Like they, I feel like they never really like nailed either of those characters, but like all these like old dudes uh-huh. and like Miranda Richardson are like just like note perfect. Yeah, except for maybe Michael Goff, who's like just a look. He's barely there. I mean, I think his problem is that, like he he dies off screen basically. Yeah, like they say he like hung himself, mm-hmm. and it's like, did he or did somebody do that to him? We don't know. Yeah, it's just kind of like here and there. But I think he has the least dialogue of anybody. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hmm. Their heads are not found severed. Their heads are not found at all. Yeah. The way he, he like, I mean, the, the vibe they're going for the Ichabod here is he's a detective who's like really into like the scientific method right. and like CSI shit. Um, and so he like, he doesn't believe in the horseman of course when he gets there. And so they're just like, we need to like tell you this isn't a normal, normal murder investigation. This is a headless horseman. It's your classic headless horseman situation. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they drop that, like that dichotomy, that duality, that battle and Johnny Depp, like, 
20 minutes into the movie because then he sees a headless horseman and he's like, fuck, it's a headless horseman. Well, once he's seen the horseman, I mean, he, that's like maybe, I don't know, 40 minutes in. I like he has his first uh, aut- autopsy situation, you know, where he yeah. goes and finds the first body and whatnot. So, like, they carry that for a little ways. But, yeah, once he's seen a headless horseman. But don't like, you well, you see the actual headless horseman and then you see the fake Casper Van Dien horseman? Well, so you, I mean, like, I would I would reverse that. Appearances of the horseman, you get the opening scene with Martin Landau where it's like right. you just like something rides by outside, you know, and then you have the attack on Masbeth mm-hmm. where you see a horseman, but it's like, it's always shot. So it's like shoulder down, mm-hmm. you know, or like from behind. So you can't really tell if it's headless or not. Mm. And then, yeah, the, uh, the fake Casper, you know, the, okay. the Brom bones one. Yeah. As long as you see Casper and Dean's first, I just couldn't remember if you see his first or not, but yeah, yeah. You shouldn't see fully at all for a while. Like even when, Martin Landau is Casey. He's on the, the phone with the horseman. Oh, I should ask you. Um, His name's Steve, and he's playing the football team, and he's <laughs> big as shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, the cartoon. Yeah. What's your uh, your thoughts, your your memories, your connections to the old I remember cartoon? enjoying it, but it's not like it was fully committed to memory, like I know it is for some other people. Really? Cause I, I always remember enjoying it. All though. I know is that even as a kid, that thing scared the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah. When he when he thinks he's getting away, but then he's actually going the wrong way, like that always freaked the shit out of me. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. Very effective old but Disney even cartoon. The animation fascinated me because when he's throwing the burning pumpkin mm-hmm. down the covered bridge, and like you see in the light as it travels along the contours of the interior of the bridge. But I always like in the cartoon that they they keep it from Ichabod's perspective. Where it's like it's a true a true supernatural entity. Where in the book, it's like it's clear that he's being fucked with. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because they're it's like Brock is just like running him out of town. Rom, whatever. Rom he's, just running, he's just running him out of town. They created the story to get rid of this asshole. Yeah, hmm. but yeah. So the the Hessian, I love this detail. He's like his compatriots came to these shores for money, but he came for the love of carnage. <laughs> <laughs> As you do when you're Christopher Walken. Again, also an actor at his most fuckable. Okay. With the filed down teeth. Oh, yeah. It's pure sex mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you get like Duncan from Last Mohicans shows up in this movie. Also an unfortunate end in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's more pointless trivia for you. Apparently the horse that he rides named Gunpowder in the movie was actually named Goldeneye. And uh, the problem with that horse was that he was incredibly flatulent on set. <laughs> <laughs> I did feel bad for uh, Duncan from Last Mohicans and his wife there. They got a raw deal. So basically, it's that the midwife told Miranda Richards something in front of her husband. It's the midwife knew that the widow Winship was pregnant. Right. And she told this to Lady Van Tassel right in front of her husband. So they both had to die. And then I guess the kid, too, just, you know. Got to collect them all. Just wouldn't want to be an orphan. (laughs) Another mouth to feed. Yeah. Be cruel. Uh, I laughed too, like when the Jonathan Crane, like this Ponce just shows up, or Ichabod Crane, I'm sorry. Just Jonathan P- Crane. I don't know where I got Jonathan mm-hmm. Crane from. Isn't that, is that the name of the character in Dracula? Is that Keanu's character? I don't recall. When Ichabod Crane, this Ponce from New York, desperately wants to be alone with the headless lady's body to like examine it, that just cracked me up. What did you think of like, there's like these modern touches, like the, the CSI niche of it, or like he references the millennium a couple times. How, how did that grab you? It's a cute detail. It's like clever, though. It felt very of 1999 yeah. to me. Um, 
with a lot of things when there's something big coming, it's like like a little late, mm-hmm. but, but squeeze in just under the wire. I like that none of his like tools really seem to do anything. Well, at one point he like sprays some like I don't know, pour some dust or what something on the ground and it smokes, and he's like, ah, yes, it was a clean cut. The head was severed in one blow. It's like how what that that weird smoke you're making tells you that okay. And like I think you could probably tell much by looking at yeah. it. Yeah. Like what is the smoke doing it's there? It's a classic lightsaber wound. Mm-hmm. It's cauterized. Yeah, the the right. devil's fire is that what they called it or something whatever. like that. Whatever. Um, yeah, so Casper Van Dien does this elaborate hoax to spook Johnny Depp's character, including throwing the burning pumpkin at his head. Um, it's incredible aim. He, that's that's a feat. And then his homies will be giving him. Already have to throw something to get it to essentially travel in a straight line like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's the burning pumpkin version of a spiraling football but like his homies will be giving him mad props about that for weeks it was like a bullet yeah 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 there's well, all the high fives there well i think johnny depp's lucky to be alive because i mean still it's a burning thing could have had a serious head wound could have caught on fire i don't know he had cte afterwards concussion yeah mm-hmm. could sure i mean they won't know what it is for 200 years but what if and then we get we start getting the flashbacks with Lisa Marie. Um, again, just his busty mom just dancing around in fields like a spaz. Mm-hmm. Child of nature. Nothing, you, nothing but overflowing corsets. All her dresses, yeah. What did you think of the kid who played young Ichabod Crane? Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say young Masbeth, who's fine. Um, young Ichabod is a little too cheruby i guess he looks like something straight out of like the actual charles adams illustrations for adams family hmm. like um how was it what was that little shit's name in that family not wednesday oh pugsley pugsley yeah god i hate that kid i rewatched a little bit of the first one the other day i think the second one's better well the second one has like the legendary thanksgiving scene yeah um are those movies like much hornier than we realized at the time? I sense they probably are. Oh, I mean, like, like Gomez and Morticia. Go- Gomez. Yeah. Well, it's like they have a very loving, very sexual relationship that they will not shut the fuck up about. <laughs> but like the logic of it, like the the way that they're confusing what you expect to happen, it almost doesn't hold up. But like you, the horniness lasts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Christina Ricci mentions that there's like hardly a household in Sleepy Hollow that's not connected to another via blood and or marriage. So you're basically either a Jon Snow or a Daenerys mm-hmm. in, this, in this town. Oh, did we mention like that like when he first meets Christina Ricci, she's just like blindfolded and like spinning around waiting to kiss someone? Yeah. Some sort of game that she's yeah. playing? Yeah. Like, is this the only girl of age in that like that juicy like the serving woman was like the only other young but girl. she's a yeah. serving woman yeah, i mean yeah. hold your tongue but that juicy like 13 to 22 year old range juicy, which you, huh? which women. well i don't know what's going on you got jeffrey jones in this town i don't know what's happening everyone's like doing like uh, medieval key parties here i like how jeffrey jones wig is so obviously a wig well they're all obviously there, but i mean like his especially just looks so gross well but like when the reveal of the when the wig comes off and he's got this even more ridiculous long hair he's got this <laughs> long red hair god he's he was so disgusting and then he found out he was a predator yeah every jeffrey jones movie is disgusting yeah i mean again devil's advocate never seen it you've never seen devil's we've advocate? had this conversation on the podcast before have we yeah we'll fix that mm. um what do you think about the the witch i 
don't really know why it was in the movie, especially the the CGI ness of it. Mm-hmm. Like that, I could totally do without. It reminded me of that that scene from uh, Lord of the Rings, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Okay, I was gonna say the Galadriel scene from the Fellowship. Yeah, to, to me, or it's even like, uh, there's a there's a what's the old one? Ian Holm. Early, yeah, yeah. Bilbo. It's like, hey, why don't you let your actor act? Yeah, you know, you don't need to go over the top. Um, what's funny to me is that when they first go into that spooky cave, Johnny Depp uses the boy as a human shield. <laughs> he just has his gun out the whole time, too. Like, not even being subtle. It's not like he has it, like, resting behind the kid or yeah. anything. Well, but speaking not of... Not exactly coming in peace there. Speaking of hobbits and, like, earthy domiciles, though, it's a pretty roomy cave. She's sure. got some square footage under there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, the witch scene... I don't know. All all the like mystery elements of this are like pretty half baked, oh. in my opinion. Like it it never feels as twisty as it should. Well, I guess there's probably deleted scenes. It, there must be a lot. With yeah, the sisters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So obviously, they filmed this in Leavesden, where they filmed a lot of Phantom Menace. So, uh, that was a problem because it's it's an old converted airplane hangar with low ceilings, which wasn't an issue for Phantom Menace. Because they didn't build very high sets, except for when Liam Neeson was in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Liam Neeson fucking up George Lucas's whole plan by being a giraffe because he's over six feet tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the the sets are only six feet tall. But um, so people like Amy McDermott, that fuck god, didn't have to leave his hotel room. Neither did Ray Park. What did you think of all like the sword sword twirling? Does that seem ridiculous? You're, you're making lots of hand gestures. People can't see. Um, if, I they, think if they know the, what the movie is, they've, they've seen this nonsense. The way, like, when the horseman for, for first appears in full glory, he kind of, like, does a flourish with the sword as he rides out. Like, that kind of stuff is cool. Later on, during some of the fights, it's a little too much. With Casper Van Dien. It's a little, like, every time the horseman moves, he has to, like, flip an axe around yeah. real quick. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I mean, it's Ray Park. You know, he was, he was dining out. So, let him. He's like, I need this. Mm-hmm. I need this so bad. Uh, yeah, the, the fight of him and Castor Van Dien is just hilarious. <laughs> just, they each have like two weapons and they're like twirling them around. It's like, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, it's like scythes and like an axe and a sword and then like a, a big longer scythe. So we find out, yeah, like I said, Ian McDermott's the makeout king of this little New England village. Well, we find that out way later, yeah. I like that the, this is basically like the hammer horror, like Brat Pack. Like clearly Michael Gambon's the Emilio. Jeffrey Jones is the Judd Nelson. Michael Goff is the Andrew McCarthy. Ian McDermott is like both Rob Lowe and maybe Molly Ringwald. Who's Christopher Lee? Ooh, Christopher Lee is maybe the Charlie Sheen. Mm. He's just like drugs. <laughs> Thank you. No, <laughs> I meant do you do you want some drugs? <laughs> what are you in for? Drugs. He has such a resurgence, like such a nerdy resurgence after this movie too. Say Ferris Bueller and he lose a testicle. <laughs> oh, you've heard of him. It's been a while since we I've seen that. that movie. Some More point. Jeffrey Jones? You're going to follow up Devil's Advocate? <laughs> wasn't really what I was going to focus on. <laughs> <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But... Uh, I mean, uh, so Brom here, he does like have his arm around Katrina at like this funeral. So... He's definitely she like shed trying, her tears. He's trying to claim her. I mean, know? okay, maybe they haven't DTR'd, but like they're somewhat together ish. I mean, she's like the the only woman of status yeah. of age. That juicy you know? 13 to 22 year old range. <laughs> juicy. <laughs> just like, let me dig a little deeper. As the expression you just like to use a lot, the grass in the field. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, she's at least aware 
that he considers her to be his lady and she maybe has not diffused it as much as she should have. I really like the parts where uh, the magistrate takes his wig off and he just has like short white hair. Oh, and he keeps like, like wiping it. Yeah. yeah. And young Masbeth here, which I don't know. Fine, I guess. He wasn't too annoying as like a kid sidekick. No, no. They bring him with them at the end. Like, what is he going to do? Like shine their shoes in New York City? I have a lot of questions about the ending. Yeah. I guess she's rich at the end. Well, that's the thing. He's a fucking beat cop. Like, he's not a detective. Like, he's not going to. No, he's a detective, isn't he? No, he's a he's a constable. He's in uniform. He's detecting. He's detecting, but that's not his job. Mm. <laughs> it's like in Knives Out when they're like, okay, Trooper Wagner, you can put on a tie for this one. <laughs> uh, but I feel like once he goes back to work, he's back in the uniform. And she's like, oh, well, I'm rich. So the windmill scene is clearly, I think, a nod to 1931 Frankenstein. Or just having a big yeah, I think gothic windmill. It's also a reference to some other movie too. But yeah, obviously, big windmill. Um, apparently built to scale. Or to, like force perspective. Or force perspective scale, yeah. 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 But yeah, after the windmill, this like turns into the Terminator. Which is like them just trying to get away from this this thing. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, it's like about at the midpoint of the movie after like one of uh, Ichabod's like fainting sessions when he wakes up to uh, Lady Van Tessel and she's like in this like all black kind of like somewhat busty dress and she's like carving up an apple with a knife and it's just like immediately like oh there's a villain you know like she is clearly evil the way she's like dressed and the what she's doing with that knife through the whole scene i I think she's she's you get in that sense a little bit throughout the movie the way that she'll be in the scene of all the main characters and then she'll just be like oh i'll leave now (laughs) (laughs) yeah all these flashbacks to his mom who's like I don't know. Her magic is like she she draws in the ashes in front of the fire. She has her little like spinning like bird in a cage thing. And then she floats. Yeah. And this dad, for some reason, is like really angry about all this. I guess he's like a Puritan asshole. You know? Yeah. This guy should be like, this guy's fucking hideous. He should be like, holy shit, that's my wife. Yeah. Instead, he's just angry. I I mean, I would I would think that that would really translate to some uh, otherworldly good times. But Mm -hmm. apparently this guy doesn't believe in. His whole life is no not November. Ooh. Those fucking pilgrim hats too, man. Yeah. Boner killer. Holy crap, I accidentally Googled a picture of Lisa Marie and Jesus Christ, that dress is like glued on. <laughs> All right. Yeah, there's like kind I was looking of at a, Miranda Richardson and it yeah. came up. Yeah. There's kind of like a subplot here of uh Real estate. Katrina and Van Tessel doing yeah, real estate, but also like <laughs> She has like this book of spells and she's sort of witchy. I was just thinking, I was just going to say, it's like a gothic Chinatown. (laughs) (laughs) I'm into it. I want to say on the old podcast, we pitched something that was like this, but it was like set in like, like gold mining era, like San Francisco of case two. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So she's like, uh, like like a good witch, Katrina. But it's weird because she is the stepdaughter. Like, um, Miranda Richardson is like a second wife. Yeah. Like, original wife wife died, which, like, they don't really go to great lengths to explain that. You just have to pick up on that over the course of the movie. Which means that uh, Ted Cruz has Googled this for porn purposes. Uh, oh, has he? Because remember, he likes he likes step porn. I wasn't. I, That's what he was okay. tweeting out was step porn. Okay. Um, yeah, so she's at least aware 
Krishna that that I don't know whatever that her magic can be of use to Ichabod whether or not she's I think she's doing like generic like defense charms or yeah something. spells protect those that you love or something yeah and of course the classic thing she gives in the book he doesn't believe in the book whatever the book saves his life because it stops a bullet she goes to show off the house where she used to live the burnout with, house with the archer and the fireplace yeah, yeah. But for a second, I thought this was like somehow going to be like his house because he's acting all weird here. Uh, you know, like, oh, were you secretly from uh, Sleepy Hollow yourself? But no. I don't know what Jeffrey Jones is doing in this one point where they're like fucking in the dirt by the tree because he's not going down on her. It's like he's like, I mean, I think he's supposed to be, but it's like his, there's his, still some things you can't show in a movie. His big fucking heads in the wrong place. Yeah. I think you can conclude that he's supposed to be doing that. But then, like, when they show the second part of that flashback, after she's, like, cut her hand, he's just, like, nom, 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 nom. I love the the kill of the magistrate, not just for the uh, the sudden violence of it, but the way the head spins around. Yeah. With the wig and the wig coming off and everything, yeah. I mean, that shit's fun. Like, yeah. they're having fun with, like, the macabre nature of it all. Yeah, it's incredibly dark. And then I feel like in the whole middle section of this movie... It's a whole lot of like riding around in the woods with young Masbeth mm. being like, oh, let's go check this out. Let's go check this out. You know, well, it's like they go to the witch. Mm-hmm. They go to the tree. They go. I mean, they run into uh, Katrina out there. And he almost shoots her, too. I mean, the, the it's like the bulk of the big parts are there. I, I want him to be like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to burn down this fucking tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Case closed. I do like there's like an ever present feeling like a concern in the back of your mind that like hey you should get back before sunset yeah but like it looks like you have no idea what time of day it is because it's just gray constantly yeah, you yeah, know yeah it's just like slightly darker gray now it's yeah. night i there's a part too when he comes to confront katrina like the burnout house and she's like burning things she's burning the evidence the he's evidence, written out yeah. and like the the fireplace is the only thing that stand and it's pretty hilarious because where she's parked her horse, there's like a like a wood step that's a remnant from the house that she can step on to get on the horse. It's funny to me only because she's like four feet tall. And I kept thinking, like, how the fuck does she get back on that horse? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is. I mean, it's right around the middle of the movie when, like, they just, like, are there when the horseman jumps out of the uh, vagina tree there. Yeah. Like, they just happen to be there as he's arisen. Yeah. And he just rides right out. And they're like, huh, okay. Well, it's like the, there's a huge crucial part of the the tail or whatever mm-hmm. it's just got all those like like heads shifting around in there like making wet head sounds i like that tim burton went out of his way to like show like a nice domestic scene with a uh, killian and the midwife here yeah it's like nice little irish bliss there's they're doing some smooching what color is the wife's hair red okay it's interesting I mean, that that I other mean, than you know s- strawberry blonde I don't know. other than the serving girl like the women are all like platinum blonde or or not dark brunette well, because of the uh the color process that they're doing here like the the actual blood in this is bright orange yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so like the red hair looks like more muted because of that because it's like a blue filter they put yeah. in there yeah yeah um it's just interesting how the women stand out i mean it's a good look for your your ultimate villain of the piece and it's kind of like because katrina's kind of the red herring for a little bit like mm-hmm. i mean when you when you first watched the movie after the church scene did you think the movie was over no okay because i kind of wondered when i first watched it it was like i remember that thinking like oh that doesn't make sense why that would, was like the false ending yeah, yeah like why would christina ricci like 
be the evil witch or whatever. Is there an evil witch now? Um, I mean, can you just imagine going to hide in a room, a headless horseman comes in, carrying your husband's head, and you're like back to the new corner. That would suck. <laughs> what do you think, folks? Would that suck or not? <laughs> That's called nature's divorce. Yeah. <laughs> Woke or broke? <laughs> Tired or wired? Yeah. Um, poor Duncan. Never gets his happy ending. No, he does not. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'd still say Last Mohicans, more gruesome ending. In a way. Being burned alive. I mean, there, there's something about, it's not totally cartoonish, but it's slightly cartoonish the way they their heads just go clean off in this constantly. But presumably it's over real quick. Sure, yeah. I mean, it was over eventually for Last Mohicans there. Because it shoots him. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. This movie, I do feel like it drags in the middle. That's It's like we're supposed to be feeling the romance here, but it's so bad. Yeah. And he's like accusatory eventually. And yeah. He he gets wounded by the horseman. He gets stabbed, but he's fine because it cauterized. I don't know. That always it's, like fa- it's like you, you should be dead, but you're not. That always fascinates because me because reasons. Like, you shouldn't be moving that arm because wouldn't like internal bleeding still be a thing? What did you think about the whole like where he's like writing down his ideas and it just happens to spell out the secret conspiracy points to Baltus? That's kind of dumb. Yeah. Well, because he's a shitty detective. Yeah, he really is. Because he's he's trying to do his like scientific method thing the whole time, which well, and like the 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 downside to this like slasher mentality of like we're just going to kill off everyone one by one is that eventually the person left living. <laughs> It's the killer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, you know, a movie like Scream manages that. Yeah. Oh, I could see Oliphant in the Casper Van Dien role. Sure. Katrina's mine. If yeah. You had a mom. So he discovers that uh, Katrina's like stolen the evidence of, uh, it's like the will, right? Is that what he finds? I think it's the original will or something. Or the, the new will or whatever. Yeah. And the, he finds like the the markings under his bed when he's scared of a spider suddenly and like freaks out. Apparently this, the spider scene was improv because they had spiders all over their sets. Hmm. So they threw that in there because they're like, oh, I bet a cabal would be terrified of spiders. Sure, sure enough, that works. Do you think so? He goes out with young Masbeth to like follow this like person, you know, in the in the hooded cloak. Do you think young Masbeth like he tells him to hang back at one point, but do you think he got a, a look full? I think we'd hear about it. Young Masbeth, like, he's like, I am changed after this experience, not so much from all the decapitations and loss of life, but uh, from seeing what Jeffrey Jones is doing to Lady Van Tessel there. He's like, I'm both titillated and disgusted because mm-hmm. um, Miranda Richardson's kind of like evil hot in this movie. And unfortunately, Jeffrey Jones is Jeffrey Jones. Mm-hmm. It's like when I watched U Turn with my dad in the theater, and there's a scene where, uh, to finish himself off sean penn has to like stop with uh, salma hayek and he goes and like jerks himself off behind a tree to finish that scarred me for life oddly enough what scarred me from that movie is when he's showering and the two finger stumps are bleeding oh, see, that was fine for me of course that was fine mm-hmm. for you. <laughs> why don't patsy klein make no more records because she did doesn't that make you sad i had time to get over it 
I don't want to do you turn on this podcast. <laughs> I think it was just the idea that like that he had to like release himself that it was causing him physical pain. You know. Yeah, that happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, <laughs> would you like to tell us more? I like how you learn something about things there watching that movie. I was like 13 when I saw that movie. There's like a fascinating, like, I want to hear more about the uh, sexual awakening movies that you also saw with your parents, like Wild Things. I did not see that with my parents. I thought you saw it with your dad. And he no. walked out halfway through because he's like, I know where this is no, going. No, that's a completely wrong story. No, he he mentioned to me later that he turned the movie off halfway through when he was watching it, not with me, because he, he thought he knew where it was going. Okay. And it's like, well, clearly you don't. <laughs> am, I, am I misremembering when we went started to watch Scream and you were like, I bet you that as soon as my mom finds out what we're watching, she's going to come in and start doing the dishes yeah, for the rest of the movie. Scream. Yeah. And then she sure enough came in and did the, all the dishes in your house. Yeah. While we were trying to watch the movie. <laughs> no, didn't we see wild things together? Or maybe it was just me. And I, my saw sister. It on, I saw it on a video. I saw it at birdcage. Yeah. I, I saw it on a video. Yeah. Anyway, let's get towards the end of this movie. The whole thing with the cut on the hand. I like the detail where she's just like, you haven't asked about my cut. Kind of rude of you not to. Like, was she planning from the start to have the cut just to like make him think she was dead? Like, I really was that wonder. all a setup or did it like occur to her after the fact? You know, I, I don't know if she was like convenient. She's like, I'm into knife play and also this will be beneficial. Mm-hmm. It's like the one little bit of detective work he does, but I don't think he even really draws a conclusion from it wonder what the original andrew kevin walker script was like apparently i think it was more violent so i think there's more with um i was reading there's more with the guy in the cage in the court scene at the beginning Hmm. because like johnny depp like gets that guy off i mean legally and then um there's more with the sister witch and then i think it's probably still adhering to the because the original kevin yeager pitch was that it's going to be like a straight on like slasher mentality where we're going to have like a beheading every 10 minutes hmm. also so just like more victims basically yeah apparently you can buy uh like vampire teeth but like the christopher walken teeth is it a gibbet is that the word i'm thinking of i'm sure google will tell you let me look it up i think that's the word for that like weird cage what a gross thing they google gibbet. uh it's similar in any instrument of public execution. Okay, so not necessarily. I don't want to be looking at this. In mm-hmm. fact, looking at pictures of uh, busty ladies. Anyway, where were we here? Um, lots of yonic symbolism in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Check that box. Yeah, check it. The, uh, <laughs> the part where you see, like, Ichabod, after he's decided that... Uh, Katrina's evil there was possessed or whatever after the church attack mm-hmm. um he like has this notebook that he opens up of like drawings he's made of her that he then throws in the fire like the like what's in the notebook those drawings it's like what the fuck dude? yeah yeah <laughs> 12 years old yeah it's like a bunch of hearts and shit and like her name and... <laughs> like seriously i never really did that on my my uh uh paperback like covered little, like, textbooks i never drawings drew of her of with blindfolds on and like little hearts with wings on them and like her name over and over it's like really take like, about it's how i like my ladies yeah 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 well he's a big he's like playing this character like 
like a stereotype of a 13 year old girl. Like she's tougher than he is. I guess. I mean, the the difference between her, like in the hammer heroine um, is that she's not like screaming her head off constantly. The few times like the, the, she's in trouble. She's like staring straight at it. Well, But he's like, sometimes he's like a wimp, but other times he's like, leaping off of a horse onto a carriage like stepping over the horse you know it's like presumably they protect her i yeah but it's still it's like either he's a wuss or he's not yeah. you know or he's like finding his strength as the movie goes on but it, it just like kind of goes back and forth the whole time so you would have rather cast like steep as semi like i said paul dano you know? or like dj qualls mm-hmm. well, <laughs> dj qualls yeah really yeah as ichabod the studio's like, get the fuck out of our office. <laughs> I mean, isn't Ichabod supposed to be like really tall though? I, I guess I always pictured him as like being like this tall, skinny. I, but dude. I think I think part of it is the, the Disney version yeah. that we have in our head. Yeah. Well, that's the only version as far as I'm concerned. There you go. Fuck uh, off, Washington Irving. <laughs> anyway, I think we can about get to complaints here. Do we have anything else to discuss? No, I mean so he's he's cured of his like bad dreams about his mom like whatever his trauma is he's deciphered it his his like finger holes or hand holes they start bleeding after a while yeah and- like i was like are they always bleeding like that like are always they are always fresh that's weird anyway so yeah they go to new york he's gonna be a beat fucking cop she's presumably rich like she he, presum- does he even need to be a cop anymore i wouldn't think so but do you think he's the kind of guy that will let that fly Especially in 1800 New York. I don't, I don't know. know. He doesn't seem particularly masculine. So True, true, true. I mean, young Masbeth is 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 more masculine. Also, one point is that kid being like, I'm the only Masbeth. <laughs> God damn it. And my name's Carl. <laughs> I think his voice has to drop before he stops being young Masbeth. But I mean, like, he's, Ichabod's pretty set up. He can quit his job. I like They've the young Masbeth. a lot of money. Young Masbeth is closer in age to Katrina than Ichabod is. <laughs> but, like, he can quit his job. They've got all the, the, the ladies' money. She's probably sold he's, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. He's got young Masbeth there just like to tie, you know, like shine his shoes and like do all the, the shit that like the lady's not shine doing. Like, shoes, governor. like he's just going to be chilling like the whole time. You know, like, like you think he's like a like like gentleman consulting detective. Yeah. Huh. What is the economy of Sleepy Hollow? Like what is keeping I mean, people farming? Presumably is, a lot of wheat it? there. Yeah. You can see a lot of a lot of wheat bushels. <laughs> OK. Um couple quotes before we get to complaints here. All of the Christian Walken lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Ichabod has this awful line as part of their romance when they're fighting. And he says, yes, I think you loved me that day when you followed me into the Western woods to brave such peril. And it's just like, I, I that's got to be stoppered, right? It like feels like, yeah. like kind of like fake Shakespeare or something. Yeah. Like it's like way too flowery for the vibe of the rest of the movie. <laughs> I mean, I think the thing about a movie is there's a moment. And if you could sell that moment, it sell it strong enough, it will override the audience's logic for the rest of the movie until the movie's over. So it's like you can sell in that moment, like he's got this like tortured, lost love of her, and then like later on when the movie's over, and you're like, that was like day two, they had just met. Yeah, well, it, it seems like it wants to have this sort of like Austinian romance, you know? Yeah. But the dialogue just isn't there at all. Like the there's no chemistry first of all no um and there's no i don't know give and take flirtation and like you know wit or anything like that i mean it's funny to me like the quality of the caliber of shitty movies we get today and i think this movie's not great but like 
it's still it's going better. for it, you know. It's, it's oh, it's, it's ambitious. It has a personality at least. To me, this is like the last real Tim Burton movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I don't think he knows who the fuck he is after this. I think he's so because he does Planet of the Apes next. Yeah, but he's so like lost and like, oh gee, I have to apply my Tim Burton filter. Mm-hmm. The fuck is that? I don't know who I am. Although I like that he he looks like the kind of guy who makes these movies. Yeah. Or some directors. He's all in on the, yeah, he's like the Lynch. Like I don't like I don't look at George Lucas and think like yeah that guy makes Star Wars movies. You know what I mean like. Yeah, it's just a fucking weirdo. And then he he dumps Lisa Marie and finds his weird weirder muse in the Bellatrix. Are they still together? No, they broke up. Yeah, I thought so. They had kids and stuff though, so I think he got happy with her. Mm. And I think that also like harshed his weird tortured vibe. Anyway, they went and made Dark Shadows. Yeah. Um, another just quote like exchange here when Nicola the Crane's just like, "You must never move the body," and the doctor's like, "Why not?" And he goes, "Because." That seemed to me like a very modern joke on like crime shows. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's like riffing basically. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, all that kind of stuff, like mentioning the millennium and all the kind of joking about CSI type investigations. I don't, I don't think it works and it, it kind of dates the movie in a way that it doesn't need to be. Yeah. The doctor of his kinky mm-hmm. little, uh, uh, goatee. Yeah. yeah. And the best quote in the movie from Lady Van Tassel, the horseman comes and tonight he comes for you. Great line. Movie so sexual. All right, let's get to the complaints. I think we've touched on most of them, but did you have any like specific ones you wanted to highlight? Um, I don't know if it's a good thing that ultimately this movie equates to like a supernatural revenge scheme to steal some real estate. I don't know if that's like the lofty enough goal. Uh, the forensic stuff kind of happens, then stops. Uh, like I said, they're setting up this whole science. Like and, how much forensics can you do when it's literally a headless horseman? Well, like know? they're they're setting up this whole like science and reason versus supernatural battle that falls away. I mean, once he sees the headless horseman, that's over. And I don't know, I don't know if that fits at all with the not quite seamless transition from him and the shit of his mom, because then presumably he's more sighting of his father before all of this yeah, plays out. Yeah. Um, something, something, getting in touch with his anima. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I don't know that a lot of the characters are like properly established enough, which is why you have to cast like highly fuckable old British actors, I think, for a lot of scenes. Just like so you... Michael Gambone just doing like proto Dumbledore. Yeah. Well, which is wild because before he was Dumbledore, I can only think of one other Michael Gambone movie and the dude's been out there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, but like he's still he's he's a big mood. <laughs> Whatever I mean, Michael Gambon doesn't do anything like subtle. Great voice. Yeah. He's got a great voice, even though like he's Irish, and I don't think you ever really hear him be super Irish in anything that you that you've seen. Well, um, he would be Dutch in this, right? Van Tassel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, in roles you've seen Michael Gambon in, has he ever done like a real Irish accent? I think he's Irish. I, mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. I've probably seen him in stuff and not registered it's michael gambone because i'm so used to him as like dumbledore in this movie you know because prior to this all i can think of is him is like the the thief is his, his, his wife or lover, lover the cook and, whatever yeah. yeah um and i think ran richardson's great in this movie for like her sure describing everything and just there was like i thought this feeling like oh that's what the plot's been mm-hmm. okay <laughs> yeah i mean i think my main complaints are just I think Ichabod and Katrina's characters are both misses. Yeah. I think they're just ill-defined. Especially together. Yeah. They have no chemistry together and they're both miscast, I think, in, in some way or other. Um, I feel like you either need to decide, okay, Ichabod is going to be the silly Ponce and Katrina's going to be the vamp. Or Ichabod's going to be like 
Darcy, basically, and Katrina is going to be more like, I don't know, naive and chast and innocent or whatever. Like, you've got to, like, pick an angle there. Yeah. Um, And then the other thing is, I think the mystery wasn't strong enough. It, it felt like it should be a little more twisty than it was. Yeah. Well, it's it, there's a certain point where you're like, I don't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're, 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 they're working in the terminology like, oh, it's a conspiracy here. And it's like, is there a conspiracy or are you just investigating things? I, I it's, they're really trying to build us on like the shape of the mystery before they fill in and what's these, in that shape. These old men who've like done something wrong, you know, some secret that they hold between them. Well, because there's a shot from outside of yeah. them clearly having a heated argument together. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. Anyways, make one change. Um, I've got one that's inspired by another Johnny Depp movie. Interesting. No, I mean to me, it's just answering those those issues. So, what's your what's your change? Answering those issues. Um, well, like the the romance, the chemistry, mm-hmm. establishing certain characters a little bit better, etc. So, uh, just going full Ninth Gate here. Okay, cool. We should do that movie. Should we? Yes. I mean, only you and I will listen to that episode, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Baroness. So I think you got to make Katrina and Van Tassel the villain. And I think Ichabod is your foppish school teacher that she seduces and drags him to hell at the end. Hmm. You're stunned. You're stu- I, I'm I'm trying to think. I mean, it's it's not straightforward, I, I, but I think you can massage your way into it. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I think the movie really played like with the church scene. I think a lot of folks, I think I saw this with Steve mm. and I think he and I were both like, Oh, so she did it, you know? And it's like, well, the movie's still going. So maybe she didn't. Um, it would definitely give her like a fucking purpose for being there. Cause I mean, I don't know how she doesn't grow up to become the Miranda Richardson. Yeah. You know, 20 years from now, she's like, this motherfucker killed my entire town. <laughs> anyway. All right. Let's do our power rankings. I've got 10. I have 10 as well. You first. Number 10, Lisa Marie. Ooh, she did not make my list. Really? She she didn't make at least two spots? I can leave a couple of reasons why she's on your number number 10 there. Uh, you know, she's she's got a fucking look for those flashbacks. Like, never mind the... She's scary looking to me, personally. But I think she's striking. Like she looks like a Tim Burton creature, mm-hmm. and she looks like she's she's memorable as his mother in this weird thing. Well, she was also like the weird, like curvy woman in Mars Attacks. Yeah. You remember that whole? Yeah, but I mean, to me, this fits the fucking weird mythos of Tim Burton that he casts his lover as the main character's like sexy mother, mm-hmm. child of nature. It, it just fits. Um, and the, I, I mean, mean it just does kind of read like an origin story for Tim Burton yeah. in a way. <laughs> did you ever read about anything about their relationship? No. Like one of the things they would do for fun is like take like macabre, almost like crime scene photos of each other. Like he like there's a, there's behind the scenes photos of him like applying the blood to her <laughs> for this movie. And it's like that's like a whole Nightmare Before Christmas type of romance thing, a gothic romance thing, I think. Sure. Yeah. Go for it. Maybe. Yeah. But she 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 brings those scenes to live is that that's what she's meant to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number 10, this character is apparently according to IMDb called the Burgo master. It's Christopher Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with the, uh, Burgo master. Like yeah. A statue of wings behind him or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. Like bat wings. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, he's he's very much just like this is the plot of the movie. Yeah, you know? the the hammer homage. Yeah, mm-hmm. my number nine is the headless horseman. Oh wow, my horseman's uh, in a different place. Really, number yeah. nine, huh? Yeah. Okay. Are you gonna do the thing where it's like the headless versus the head? Listen, don't try to contemplate what I'm gonna do. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. My number nine. Bless her heart, Katrina and Van Tassel. Wowzer. I just don't think her character worked at all. Okay. Okay. Poor Christina Ricci, Miss Cass. Well, number eight, my boy Caster Van Dien. Ron Bones. I feel like he is so typecast in this role. It's not terrible. I would have liked to have seen him more. He reminds me of the character of this role that we got in Land of Women. Yo, you're going to step to me directly? <laughs> Welcome to the OC, bitch. Like, I wanted more of him. I, and I wonder say. what happened to Casper Van Dien. Was it something where it's like his agent kept trying to get him the lead roles instead of going for the supporting role? And so he ended up in a bunch of shit. Also, again, he married a princess. Mm-hmm. But like, Cass- like, you could see Casper Van Dien as being like number three in an action movie type of thing, you know? Maybe. Like- but I am Casper Van Dien is probably in his 50s now. I bet he's handsome as shit. Of course he is. And if I were him, I would be like, give me any role where I'm wearing a big ass sweater. Maybe I have like a gray beard. And you I'm, you want like a Chris Evans sweater from Nice Out? I, but I think here's, here's what I'm going with this. He should be cast as like mom's new lover. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Apparently like, he's tell on, me this motherfucker is not like a Hallmark leading man. Yeah. With uh, Lacey Shade Bear. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, is he her a, dad or her boyfriend yes he's a very accomplished horseman that makes me feel bad for him because he's like like where where are his skills needed these days you just you know you don't need horse riding as much what's, i mean i guess he could go being like the witcher or something you know? what's even funnier is that take that and the fact that christopher walken shows up on set and he's like tim i don't know how to ride a horse he's literally the horseman yeah. i didn't think it would be a Big deal. <laughs> More champagne? <laughs> Anyways, Brown Bones is my number eight as well. Okay. Why is he your number eight? For all the reasons we just mentioned. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, he, you know, he shows a little spirit, a little heart before he gets cut in half. What if Michael Ironside had been in this movie? As uh, anything. I mean, you could take out Jeffrey Jones, maybe, <laughs> you know. <laughs> maybe if we were going to lose one person from the cast. Michael Ironside. Be the with the... <laughs> <laughs> He'd, he'd lick that open wound for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number seven is Christopher Lee because he's Christopher goddamn Lee. I mean, if you don't know anything about Christopher Lee's life, like go Google him. He's so fucking it's fascinating. A, story about uh, him and Peter Jackson and Lord of the Rings. And like Peter Jackson's like, so you're going to get stabbed in the back and I want you to scream out. And Peter Jackson and uh, Christopher Lee's just like, no, no, no. That's not what happens when you stab a man in the back. Yeah. You know, like I know because I was like wet works in World War II. He, he was a spy. <laughs> yeah. He's recorded a metal album. I mean, he's he is one of those fucking listicles of mm-hmm. fascinating facts brought to life. Count Dooku. You know, I was wrong. There were actually three Sith Lords in this movie, not two. I forgot about Ray Park. Although oh, yeah, I yeah. does Darth Maul count as a Sith Lord or just like a yeah. Sith Lieutenant? I don't know. He's Darth Maul. I guess. I mean, Sith Lord. Does not denote just, where you are it, in the power structure. It just seems like Dooku and Vader are both like higher up than Darth Maul was. Well, for sure, but he's still there's only two. You got three of them here, so mm-hmm. it works out. 
Again, the only only issue I have with Darth Tyrannus is that I want him when he cuts off Anakin's arm to like bite into it like a like a chicken, like a turkey leg at yeah. Disneyland. <laughs> Maybe like a Sith Knight, you know, like Knight Master. I don't know. I'm just saying, Sith, you could work on that. I just wish we hadn't seen him again after that movie. Seen who? Darth Maul. Oh, uh, not necessarily. Yeah, well, in my canon, you haven't. Okay. What do you got for number seven? Number seven, uh, number Christopher Lee. Oh, that's right, uh, Sir Christopher Lee. My number seven, Young Masbeth. Just why not? I don't think Young Any, made my list. Anytime you got a kid in a movie who doesn't annoy me, I feel like that's some kind of accomplishment. Also, that kid, it's got to be real thankful when he looks at the other kid on set. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, I'm glad I don't look like him." Um, number six. Speaking of uh, just straight up gods of fuck, uh, Michael Gambon. Okay. Yeah. Baltus Van Tassel. Yeah, 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 that, that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who, you know, I really like his Dumbledore a lot. I like him as um Did you put your name in the couple of the fire, Harry? I can't remember his name, but uh in Life Aquatic. <laughs> I'm not going to fuck with Larry, I mean, my darling. <laughs> my number six, controversial. Ooh. Ichabod Crane. Okay. I just don't think they knew what they wanted to do. I think I don't know. It's like a studio note thing or something. It's like, obviously they want Ichabod Crane to be like handsome and cool, but also at times he's going to be like wimpy and scared. And mm-hmm. it just, it never gelled for me. I find it interesting. Cause my number five is Ichabod Crane. Mm-hmm. Um, for all the reasons you mentioned, I don't know who this character is. I don't know, but also I know now just reading the trivia at the heart of it, there's this caricature that he feels more comfortable putting on. Cause they wouldn't to put on prosthetics. And I just know that it's Angela Lansbury from Death on the Nile. And it's like, that's a pretty striking impression of her. I don't know who this character is anymore. Um, whatever. Yeah. It's Johnny Depp. Also, he's canceled. Mega canceled. Mega. Well, not legally canceled. Not legally guess, canceled. Not yet. Yeah. Although he's like suing Amber Heard now. I don't know. It's Yeah, it's all just lawsuits as PR, whatever. <sighs> He's going to be in three more goddamn Harry Potter movies. That's ridiculous. I mean, can can he be like in the third one and like skip the fourth one at least? You could have Colin Farrell. Yeah. Or anybody else. Literally anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number five, a kind of a combo here of Killian and the midwife. Oh, yeah. Um, they seem like a happy couple for like three seconds. Yeah, yeah. It was nice to see Duncan get a happy ending for a moment. For a moment, yeah. They had a kid. Uh, Life was great, and then uh, the Headless Horseman showed up. Yeah, well, that, that's what happens for you. <laughs> that's what happens when you go around witnessing shit. <laughs> Keep your mouth and your eyeballs shut. Uh, my number four, Ian McDermott, Makeout King of Sleepy Hollow. Oh, you know, I do not have uh, what Sheeve on what? the list at all. No, sorry. He's got that 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 goatee that's always wet. Come on, I feel like he gets the least to do. Like even Jeffrey Jones gets no, more than him. Michael Goff gets the least to do. Well, sure, but I mean of the. Because you've got uh, the magistrate, Baltus, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Jones, and, and Ian McDermott. I feel like they're the main four, like old dudes. And I wonder if that would have changed if this was made after like Attack of the Clones rather than Phantom Menace. Though I guess Phantom Menace hadn't really come out yet, so who knows what Tim Burton's seen? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, he's the doctor, so I guess it's not as a. Uh dramatically juicy as like the creepy reverend or the, i almost feel know. like 
we should have gotten the scenes that went to Richard Griffiths from Ian McDermott as the doctor who performed, you know, mm-hmm. abortions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that would make sense in a way. Like, he would have more medical knowledge. Yeah. Um. Anyway, where are we, number four? Yeah. My number four is the magistrate, uh, Richard Griffiths. Which somehow is not on my list. Wow, really? Yeah. It's such a good death scene. Yeah, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got he's got an actual affect that he can use where he keeps taking off the wig off and like wig. wiping off his forehead. He can supply the information, five, not four, you know. Yeah. Which like it takes him a while to figure out what that means. Like I I don't know. Is it just because I've seen the movie that I immediately know like there are five, you know, five dead, four grays. It's like, okay, well, the woman was pregnant. You know, like what else do you think that means? Right, right. Anyhow, um, we're number three. Three. I have Christina Ricci. Wow. I I was trying to think of how can I how can I kindly put her performance in juicy? this movie? No, 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 no. I'm talking about how they treated the women when I say juicy. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the dating pool, Sleepy okay, Hollow. Sure. Um it's, it's she's in a different movie than everyone else. And it's like it's nice to see Christina Ricci not play some gothic nightmare. You know, I guess I guess by doing this movie she and she gets like the Borges or whatever she got, or or Lizzie Claiborne or Lizzie Borden or whatever the hell it is. Um, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. I just picture Ichabod Crane moving back to New York and he's just like, here's my adopted son and my adopted daughter. <laughs> I mean, I like to see her work more. She seems like such an interesting actor, but I, I don't think she's ever going to get like a big role that she deserves anymore. You know? Well, I mean, a lot of it's Hollywood, right? Yeah. Women of a certain age and whatnot. I mean, I don't know on TV, even she- though. I think she's lucky in that regard. The system's flawed. Women of certain age don't get certain roles, but it's like she could at least play younger. She was in Speed Racer, was she not? I think so. I didn't see it. As Trixie, yeah, she was really good in that. Yeah, I didn't see it. She, yeah, she, she kind of had her moment there in like the mid 2000s, like Black <laughs> Snake Moan first. <laughs> but I feel like it's like, it's, oh, and there's like some movie with like Liam Neeson where I think she's like a dead like a cadaver and it's like, it's like a romance mm. or something. Um, but like, it would be the Wachowskis who like give her a chance. Mm, the matrix remake or something. Well, no, I mean like just being a speed racer, yeah. you know, um, we should do cloud Atlas at some point. Should we? I'll, I'll take an excuse to rewatch okay. cloud Atlas. Lizzie Borden took an ax was the movie she's in. And then later the Lizzie Borden Chronicles. Yeah. They made a show out of it. Mm. It's one of those things. It's like, okay, that's on Netflix. Maybe someday I'll watch it. She has five movies coming out. Like what? So, uh, some of these are TVs, I guess. Mm. Well, good for her. I'm just saying, I could see her in a Hallmark movie where Casper Van Dien's wearing a sweater and he's got a big cup of tea. And Lacey Chabert is her romantic rival. <laughs> they're like stepsisters, but also they're apparently both dating him. And like it's like weird step porn and Ted Cruz is tweeting it out. She's in a movie coming up called 10 Things We Should Do Before We Break Up. All right. People can't see the hand gesture you just made. <laughs> I think they can guess. Where are we? Number three? Uh, three or two. I have uh, Katrina Ricci's mother in this movie, Lady Van Tassel. And number three? Number three, yeah. Okay. Miranda Richardson having a good time. I almost didn't recognize her at first when they cut to her and the, the reverend there, mm-hmm. like doing their thing because her hair is down and so mm-hmm. like she just looks very different. Yeah. Um. And I kind of wonder if the hair, with her hair, if you're supposed to think for five seconds that that's Christina Ricci, 
Like or like the fucking wood the witch? witch or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you can make out the wood witch's hair color. It's blonde, isn't it? I don't, I don't remember. Well, we know when they were like later on. Yeah. Um, my number two is Miranda Richardson. She's she's great for what she has. Um, I wish that we got more of her earlier in the movie. Um, it's almost like she's just not in it because you'll know, yeah, or something. Yeah, because yeah. like, she, well, like you said, there's certain scenes where she just can't help it. Like, I'm obviously the villain. <laughs> yeah, look at the way I'm like carving up this apple. <laughs> Uh, what's your number two? My number two is the horseman. Okay. I just, you know, all is one character there, the horseman and the headless horseman. Okay. I think they, uh, they deliver. What's your number one? Like Catherine Hardwick? Well, you'll have to see. Okay. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> is it Tim Burton or something like that? Some kind of, some kind of behind the scenes person. Hmm. Like some kind of visual what's thing. Your, what's your number one? Number one is obviously Christopher Walken. I mean, okay. come on, man. So the horseman versus the headless horseman. Yeah, the for? Hessian, if you will. Hessian. He's fantastic in this movie. When he, what a great word, Hessian. Yeah. yeah. I think like the Ebert review, you're better off being like, oh, when I go in this movie, like supposedly they got a good like cameo as this character. And like you see it, and you're like, oh, shit. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh my number one is not Catherine Hardwick or Tim Burton. It is uh, my man, Baltus Van Tessel, Michael Gambone. Really? I just, well, number I just one. loved him in this movie. I thought he's great. Like every scene he's in. I think it's just his voice. I would have loved more of him for sure. Mm-hmm. He's got a great voice. He's got a great just affect. Um, he just has a very much a vibe of like, darling, why don't you settle down? You know? <laughs> Which then clearly turns into with like, your stepmother's dead. <laughs> And I love how later she's just like, I had some whole thing orchestrated to fake my death. The bitch didn't even stick around to see me do it. He just <laughs> ran off. <laughs> uh, all right. Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. That concludes. Uh, would you recommend this movie? Yes, but I don't think I would recommend it as hard as you would. Okay. I'm trying to figure out who played the Woods Witch, and I'm not seeing anything. I it's it's hear. uh, is it's, it just her again? It's her again. Yeah. Okay. She's playing twins. Uh, I I mean, it's I don't know if people who've never seen it before what they would think now watching it 2019, but it's definitely like a nostalgia thing. Like I said, the first hour I was like, man, this is a lot worse than I remember. I think, it's and then it started watching. to even out for me. I just think it looks so good that like, if nothing else, you can enjoy the visuals, even though the plot is kind of dumb. Mm. like i don't know it looks amazing like cinematography art direction the gore is something else you know you you don't really see this in a lot of movies like done quite the same way so i I think it's definitely if you haven't seen it sure like you know snuggle in on thanksgiving with your family and watch this movie it's a family movie for sure for sure i mean literally everyone's related and they're having they're having like uh 17.99 key parties yeah. yeah an open wound sex it's like a cronenberg movie yeah um but I would also just say to as you're drinking in the desaturation, watch the trailer and just kind of see some of that original color palette. It's nice. Yeah. All right. What do we do next time? So are we in a holiday mood? I don't know. Tis the season. Why? Do you have an idea? No, I, I don't. I'm just curious if that would help us get to a place. I feel like we could we don't really need to get into a holiday mode for like a month, you know. Like we could do a, a a different type of movie okay. in between. Such as? I don't know. I mean, there's all the usual suspects. Um, 
you know, Clueless, Last Mohicans, um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm. What are some of them? I feel like there was a couple others that we were like been threatening to do for a long time. Casino Royale? Casino Royale, sure. Have we, have we not done Casino Royale? No. Maybe we haven't, yeah. We've done. We did The World, world is Not, not enough. enough. Yeah. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> it's the only Bond movie we've ever done. I mean, I don't know if we should wait till like closer to like no time to die. I mean, it's like what next fall? Maybe. I don't know. Um, I mean, of course I, I'm all for last Mohicans. That's a very sexy movie, but we just watched one slightly period piece movie. Do we want to watch another one? The nineties is an interesting time for us to mine Mm -hmm. just because we saw these movies as kids or whatever. And I don't know. But I definitely watched Last Mohicans a lot more recently than say like this movie. You know? Have you watched it recently? I mean, in the past couple of years, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, what to do? What to do? You want to do one of our like Clueless or Mean Girls or? I think I told Raquel we'd let her do Clueless with us. I think that was the movie. Hmm. So we may need to check to see if she's available. I don't know. That's um. <laughs> Is this how you're letting her know? Sure. I feel like she doesn't listen to this podcast that much. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> was she with us last Christmas-ish? For Batman Returns. Okay. Did we do that on Christmas? I think we did. Is this a Christmas movie? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the season now where you get to have the same tired debate about we whether or should, not Die Hard you, is a Christmas movie. You got a point. We should bring her back because she got to do Die Hard with us. What's another unconventional Christmas movie? I mean, there's a Christmas scene in Mean Girls. I don't know if that really counts. Though. I'm not super like jazz to watch Mean Girls. Really? Why is that? I don't know. It's just not. Not feeling the lacy shape bear of it all. Are you? You keep bringing her up. Are she's... you summoning her? <laughs> yes. No, she's in all those uh, like like Hallmark movies, I think. Oh, is I think she? That's okay. like her thing now. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you my favorite lacy shape bear movie. Uh, which is? Lost in Space. Okay. <laughs> is there a name for You're just like, I prefer Lost in Space to Mean Girls. I have I have a certain love for Lost in Space. Hmm. I don't know if it's a good movie, but I have a certain Matt love Blake. for. That's a great. There's a great. That's a great fucking cast in that movie, mm-hmm. except for the kid who who knows who he is. Um, I don't know. I I I could see some kind of unconventional Christmas movie. We don't need to do Christmas yet, though. It's a thing. We still got it's Gremlins. You know, Bad Santa. It's the ref. This is a rough list. <laughs> I don't know. Lethal weapon. We'll figure something out. Maybe we'll do one of our challenges. What are our challenges? What? What are our challenges? What is this? I don't know. This is one of those challenges with the other person to watch something. Eyes Wide Shut's a Christmas movie. It is. <laughs> so we'll be back with something. Sure. So we're looking at like two in December? Probably. Okay, yeah. cool. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Let's put it that way. Okay. We'll go watch Carol. I guess that's a Christmas movie. Yeah. They're wearing Christmas hats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll be back. Right, did you just Google unconventional Christmas? <laughs> sure, that's why I said it's a bleak list. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so microwave your whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie takes. I right, we we passed that right. I don't remember what we said. I might have had some drinks in that episode. Sure. All right. Well, until next time, have a good one. Peace. Bye.